world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed on this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. I don't know what kind of mood to be in here today. You know, uh, uh, January 22nd, 1973 is a day that will live in infamy. It was a day I don't know if America will ever, ever recover from. And, uh, of course, I'm referring to the uh, the legalization of baby murder in America known as Roe versus Wade. And, uh, until folks, until we repent of that, to the innocent blood that's being shed in our nation. 60 million, perhaps. We don't even know how many. We don't even know how many little little babies aren't here. Chemical abortions, everything going on now. And uh, we just go on, act like act, act like it's no, it's no big deal. And our, today, it's not by, <laughs> it's God's providence, I guess, that to Tennessee 11 or 10, however many there are, I get confused on it. Uh, they're going to court today. Actually, it's been postponed till tomorrow for standing up for unborn children. The question we ought to all ask ourselves is how, how come we don't? How come we don't? We sat around for years and 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 heard, heard the Congress say that they couldn't do anything about it because the courts had already ruled and the Supreme Court had already ruled. And uh, about a year ago, however long it was, the Supreme Court struck down Roe versus Wade. Now, I got in a debate with somebody on the other day because I mentioned the fact that it technically ended abortion there's no, there's no constitutional right to an abortion. And somebody said, well, that's not what, Coach, that's not what the court said. Well, yes, it is what the court said. The court said the states can, if they want to legalize it, they can, but there's no constitutional right for a woman to go get an abortion, right? There ain't no constitutional right for that. I want to show you something here before we get too deep into it. If we can, pull up. I got, I got some good stuff today. I want to thank all of you who joined us last night for the prayer. It was, it was powerfully anointed. and. Uh, uh, maybe we had some technical difficulties. I know Linda and a couple others tried to get in and pray and weren't able to. And, uh, you know, I can't control a lot of that stuff, folks. I just, some of the technical issues, maybe it's on your end, maybe it's on our end. I don't know. But I just appreciate the fact that uh, a bunch of us gathered last night and we went before the Father and we didn't have to beg in mercy, but we just declared, thus saith the Lord. And, and uh, over Bill Dunphy and over Isaac Yoder and over the 10 or 11 people who have gone to trial and down in, in Tennessee for doing nothing more than in uh, protecting the pre-born children. Pull up the preamble of the Constitution, if you could. The preamble of the Constitution, Johnny. I got there right that. Because people say, well, there's a coach, uh, uh, there's no constitutional, although it does say in the Declaration of Independence that uh, we hold these truths to be self-evident. All men are created equal and endowed by their creator a certain name of the rights. Among them are life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Well, coach, that's good, but that was not an official document, Coach Dave. That wasn't a document that was merely... That was the Declaration of Independence. There wasn't any government yet, Coach. And so when they ratified the Constitution, folks, that Coach Dave, that's when they made the law. That's when they made the law. And the Constitution doesn't mention anything about abortion, Coach. Doesn't mention that anywhere. I said, you dumbass. Pardon my French. Right in the very preamble to the Constitution. We, the people of the United States, this is the Constitution of the United States. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our capital P, posterity. Do ordain and establish the Constitution of the United States of America. In other words, the preamble to the Constitution said that these rights endowed to us from God are in, apply to our posterity. So I said, what the heck? Posterity? What's posterity? Hey, Johnny, where is it? I put it someplace. Go to Webster. Look up posterity. Huh? Descendants. Children. 
children's children indefinitely, the race that proceeds from a progenitor, in a general sense, succeeding generations, opposed to ancestors, to the, oh, so um, to ourselves and our posterity, every right in the Constitution belongs to the not yet born. Do you understand this, folks? you understand this? It all, it all applies to the not yet born. Church doesn't care. We don't care. We don't care. Church doesn't care. Pastors don't care. They overturn it. Supreme Court overturns it. Pastors don't care. Abortion still goes on. I'm feeling this deeply today. Stay with me. I, we're going to pray. We've been praying for 12 days. In my, in, my, in my humble opinion, we sealed the deal last night on the prayers. We sealed the deal last night. It's in the Lord's hands. And we believe the Lord is going to bring those kingdoms down. And that's, that's the truth of the matter. But here's what our problem is. Hey, again, somebody help me out. Does the Constitution guarantee rights to the preborn or not? Yes or no? You better understand this. And if it does, where does it, where does it, does it anybody, can anybody answer that? Where does it, where's the, where does the Constitution provide rights to the unborn, the preborn? Come on. Come on, class. It's a born with unalienable rights. No, 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 no. It's in the preamble. It's in the preamble. It's in the preamble. See, the Declaration of Independence is not, they would say, the Declaration of Independence was a document that separated us from the government of England, right? And then we know that Articles of Confederation, we had all kinds of state, individual states had for for like 13, 14 years, the states had their individual state constitutions called the, the um, Articles of Confederation, right? But it wasn't until they uh, um, made the Constitution in 1781, when they signed the Constitution, that the laws applied to all American citizens. And what were those laws? We just read them in the preamble. Put the preamble back up there for me, Johnny, if you can. You got to get this, friends. We, the people of the United States, this is the Constitution of the United States. So when people say to you the right to life is not in the Constitution, give them the finger. That's, that's the number one. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity to ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America. There's the stamp of the government upon that. Now, Johnny, do it again for the slow learners. Who are the posterity? Descendants, children, children's children, right? Huh? Do, Do our children's, do children not yet born have protection of the constitution? Yes or no? Yes. There it is. Yes. This is so clear to us, right? It's so clear. Now, why do we not want people to live? Well, I know why. Because de- the devil hates the seed of the woman. <laughs> That's why the, the babies are created in the image of God. God hates, the devil hates those little babies created in the image of God. You picking it up? You see what's going on here? We're serving, we're serving, we, we come up with more and more ways trying to legalize death. More and more ways that we want to try to do it. Why? Because all those who hate me love death. The death. The devil loves death. He promotes death. He pushes death. What did Jesus say? Other we might have life and life more abundantly. I said before you this day, life, death. Choose life that you and your children might live. It's right in the scriptures, friends. Right in the scriptures. And we're looking right now, yes, Janine, the medical system loves death. Why? Because without sickness, they have no job. Oh, boy, it's all over me today. Truth's all over me today, right? And I, I, was, I was spurred to action a little bit this weekend because I listened to a, a uh, I listened to a, I listened to Matt Twella. I listened to him and pumped Pump my heart up here. Pull him up there, Johnny. Pull up map. It's number six. Pull that up. 330 mark. And play it at 1.5 speed. Folks, it's going to take about six minutes. 
But what Matt Tawa was going to say here is profound. Did you know up until 1973, every Christian religious institution in America was pro-life? Every one of them. Did you know that from from time to eternity, all Christianity was about protecting innocent life? Did you know that? Well, Matt's going to lay it out here for us. Just give it a listen. Go ahead. When government makes any group of men open game to injustice and oppression, whether pre-born or post-born, it is our God-given right and duty to speak and act. Amen. To not sit in silence, because silence is acceptance. The sixth commandment of God declares you shall not murder, and all of Christianity, all of Christian churchmen, condemned abortion as the murder it is, with no equivocation for nearly 2,000 years. And I want to show you some of the early churchmen, because they stand in stark contrast to the um, churchmen of old. Stop it a minute, John. Um, the church. Folks, this is profound. Matt Tuella goes back and digs up some of the church fathers and what they said about abortion. Go ahead. The churchmen of our day stand in stark contrast to the churchmen of old. Here is what Tertullian said while defending the faith against the accusation that we murder people because there were all kinds of rumors going around about Christianity because they heard about this blood of Jesus and how they celebrate the table, the blood of Christ, and he was writing in defense of the faith, and he said, in our case, murder being once for all forbidden, we may not destroy even the fetus in the womb. That's because the people of that day had no problem destroying the fetus in the womb. In fact, they had no problem putting their sons and daughters on the infanticide wall and letting them die there also. So Tertullian, in the year 160, declares, quite frankly, yeah, we don't even believe you should be murdering the preborn, and you're accusing us of murdering the postborn, and you guys are all good with murdering the preborn, but we're not. You got it all messed up. That isn't what we're doing when we're observing communion. Athenagoras, who um, wrote this in 170 AD, said, What reason would we have to commit murder when we say that women who induce abortion are murderers. You know, most churchmen could never say that today. That would be unloving. That would be harsh. That would be um, not following our most needed thing, which is just to love on people, whatever that means. But look what he says. In our case, murder being once and all forbidden. That's what Tertullian said. Look what Athenagoras said. What reason would we have to commit murder when we say that women who induce abortions are murderers and will have to give an account of it to God? This is the thinking of the early churchmen. They've always stood against the killing of the preborn. Basil, in 359 AD, he said, She who has intentionally destroyed the fetus is subject to the penalty corresponding to a homicide. Do you know that our anti-abortion statute, which is still on the books today, though you wouldn't know it, Planned Parenthood's flouting the law of Wisconsin, and the magistrates are tolerating it, and murdering the preborn across our state. But our anti-abortion statute, 940.04, is under our homicide laws, showing the impact Christianity had for centuries. Basil who you may recall once went out undercover at night with the deacons of his church and destroyed an infanticide wall, literally tore it to the ground. He said, she who has intentionally destroyed the fetus is subject to the penalty corresponding to a homicide. Not the woman's a victim, right? No, very different. She's actually the perpetrator and murderer of of her own son or daughter. She's guilty of a homicide. When you look at Ambrose, he said the poor get rid of their small children by exposure and denying them when they are discovered, but the rich also, so that their wealth will not be more divided. Mm. Deny their children when they are in the womb, and with all the force of parricide, they kill the beings of their womb. Parricide, they that's are parents in the same killing their own child. In this way, life parasite. is taken from them. You can cut off, Matt. Put it in the chat. Put it in the chat. Parasite. 
parents killing their own children. Unheard of, unthought of, now ignored totally by the American church. Bring up for me one, number four. When does life begin? Can you believe in this day and age that we live in today? That we are still accepting the lie that we don't know when life begins. Well, what does science say? They said, follow the science, right? Wear the mask, take a jab, bend over, right? Follow the science, follow the science. Did you guys know this? Did you know this? I'm, I'm sorry if I'm hammering abortion so much. If we don't stop the shedding of innocent blood, there will be no hope for this nation. We will give an account. Okay, you ready? This is an abstract. Scientific consistence on when a human's life begins. Because listen, what do they tell you? We don't know when life begins. No one knows when life begins. Well, first of all, a sperm is alive and an egg is alive. They're both alive. And what you have when the two come together is what they call conception, meaning the beginning of a human life. A sperm apart from an egg is not a human life. It takes both of them, okay? So for all of you who wonder, peer-reviewed journals in the biological and life science literature have published articles that represent the biological view that a human's life begins a fertilization. As those statements are typically offered without explanation or citation, the fertilization view seems to be uncontested by the editor's reviews. However, Americans are split on when fertilization, on whether the fertilization view is philosophical or religious. See, they've been lying to us for 60 years about it, and the church swallows the lie. So Americans think it's 45% it's religious, 46% it's biological or scientific fact, and only 38% of Americans view fertilization as a starting point of a human life. You see this, friends? Only 38% of Americans see fertilization as a starting point of the human life. In the two studies that experts, export experts view on the matter, the fertilization view was the most popular perspective held by public health and professionals. Since a recent study suggested that 80% of Americans view biologists as a group most qualified. Yeah, Dr. Paul, let's get those biologists to tell us, right? Because Americans believe biologists. Well, they got the biologists together, and what did they find out? Biologists from 1,058 academic institutions around the world assessed survey items on when human life begins, and overall, 96% of biologists affirmed that fertilization is the beginning of human life. Now, why, friends, do we have this debate as to when life begins? If we want to follow the science, don't you want to follow the science? You don't want to follow the science. You want to follow lies. You want them to be able to lie to you, and we swallow it hook, line, and sinker. Because why? Because the devil loves death and lies over and over and over in the media, in academia, everywhere, over and over and over and over. 98, 96% of biologists say life begins at conception, and yet they tell us, well, we don't know when life. Well, that's a religious view. And if a human embryo, fetus, see, they can't even call them by their names. If life doesn't begin in the womb, then why do they have to kill it? Boom. And how come... Churchmen, as Matt Torello would say, how come churchmen don't care? They don't care. Is it because they believe the lie? They believe this lie? Or do they believe that it's all about some woman being able to go out and lay with a man? I'm not, hey, I'm not exonerating the man. But I thought it was a woman's choice 
So a woman can go out and murder her baby and the church say, oh, it's that poor lady, that poor victim. What a difficult choice she had to make. What? We're in a mess, aren't we, huh? We're in a mess. Paul says a fertilized egg admits, what did it say there, Paul? This is, folks, 51 years ago today. 51 years ago today. I wonder what Social Security would look like if we hadn't killed 60 million little taxpayers. I wonder what that would look like. Hmm? Going on today, Supreme Court says, huh? No right to kill babies. They just keep on slaughtering them. Republicans, or <laughs> Paul said, fertilized egg emits microscopic flash of light. Yep, when it's fertilized. Exactly right, Paul. That's exactly right. <clears throat> Oh, I'm looking over here. I'm going to get off of it in a minute. I'm stuck. I just got to get this done. I'm going to show you this. You're not going to like it. Number eight. And then I'm going to I'm going to open it up. I got a lot more to do. Here's what I want to do when we're done here. I want us to repent of our callousness towards the preborn. Little Babies created in the image of God. His, you know, the Bible says, I, Paul, this, this hit me yesterday. Let us create man in our image after our likeness. Do you know that each one of my, our, Michelle and I, each one of our 10 grandchildren are so unique created in the image of their mommy and their daddy. A brand new creature. I can look at each one of my grandkids and I can see their mom in them. I can see their dad in them. Created in our own image. They're little Dobbies. I, I look around me, I see 10 little Dobbies. I don't have 20. I don't have 30 little Dobbies. I welcome the courage of BMJ to write an obituary of Dr. Bernard Nathanson, who's responsible for 75,000 abortions himself. It's a football stadium full, folks. Here's what he said. Are you ready? He said, we fed the public a line of deceit, dishonesty, a fabrication of statistics and figures. We succeeded in breaking down the laws limiting abortion because the time was right and the news media cooperated. We sensationalized the effects of illegal abortions and fabricated polls, which indicated that 85% of the public favored unrestricted abortion. We knew it was only 5%. We unashamedly lied. Yet our statements were quoted by the media as though they had been written in law. Live not by lies. Still believe in them today. Hey, Johnny, pull up that website about lies. Oh, no, I'm sorry, that email, that standalone email I sent to you. Swallow this one, folks. How about lies just in the past few years. Russia collusion. Lie. Hunter Biden laptop story. Lie. The very fine people hoax when Trump down in Charlottesville, Virginia talked about very fine. Remember that? Lie. Bubba Wallace and the alleged noose in his garden stall. Remember that? Turned out to be a garage door pull rope. Jesse Smollett. These are all lies the media ran with. Why? Because the media serves the father of lies. If they told us the truth, they couldn't get away with it. They couldn't get away with it if they told us the truth. How about the Covington Catholic students? Remember that? Oh, yeah, I remember that. Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping plot orchestrated by the FBI. 
How about the Steele dossier? How about Florida's don't say gay bill, which was not what the bill said? How about Georgia integrity law described preposterously as the new Jim Crow? How about the Duke lacrosse case? How about January 6th? How about mostly peaceful BLM riots? How about ivermectin is a horse dewormer? Amen. How about Trump's alleged use of tear gas? They make the lie so big that you can't, George Floyd, they make the lie so big that you can't argue with them, don't they, friends? Don't they? I got one more thing. I got to pull up number one. And I'm going to open it up. I want to hear from you. No, that's not it. Is that what I gave you, Johnny? No, no. Live not by lies. Number one. I'm sorry. There you go. Scroll clear on down. Scroll clear on down. Clear on down because I won't read something to you. Because it's, it, uh, keep going. Now go up. I'm sorry. I didn't want to read it. Okay, yeah, okay, I get what it is. Now I remember what it is. I'm sorry. Go to the top, John. I'm going to read this to you. This was written in 1974, okay? Alexander Solzhenitsyn, in an essay entitled Live Not By Lies. Here's what he said. When violence bursts onto the peaceful human condition, its face is flushed with self-assurance. It displays on its banner claims, I am violence. Make way. Step aside. I will crush you. The violence ages swiftly. A few years pass, and it's no longer sure of itself. To prop itself up, to appear decent, it will, without fail, call forth its ally, lies. When violence fails, lies show up. Think about J6. Think about Pastor Bill. Huh? The violence failed, now they turn to lies. For violence has nothing to cover itself with but lies. And lies can only persist through violence. Hang on a minute, folks. Johnny, pull up violence. Fizz seven, number seven. So are you sitting down, folks? Huh? Look what they've done to us. Violence. Violence. Moral vehemence. Outrage. Unjust force. Crimes of all kind, eagerness, vehemence, injury, infringement. Folks, that's why they call it physical violence. Because there's also emotional violence. Hmm? Oh, yeah. There's, there's emotional violence. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They've got us using that word in a way that empowers them. Go back, John. It's not every day and not on every shoulder that violence brings down its heavy hand. It demands only, it demands of only a submission to the lies, folks. That's all we got to do. A daily participation in the deceit. This suffices, suffices as our loyalty. Just keep repeating the lies. Just keep repeating the lies. Make everybody feel good. And therein we find neglected by us the simplest, the most accessible key to our liberation. By the way, written in 1974, a personal non-participation in lies. I will not participate in lies. Even if all is covered by lies, even if all is under their rule, let us resist in the smallest way. Let their rule hold not through me. And this is the way to break out of the imaginary encirclement of our inertness. The easiest way for us and the most devastating for the lies. For when people renounce lies, lies simply cease to exist. Like parasites, lies can only survive when they're attached to a person. We're not called upon to step out into the square and shout out the truth, to say out loud what we think. This is scary. We're not, we're not ready for that. 1974. But let us at least refuse to say what we do not believe. This is the way then. The easiest and most accessible for us given our deep-seated organic cowardice. Much easier than civil disobedience. 
Alagandi. The easiest thing you can do is not repeat lies. Our way must be never knowingly support a lie. Facing and overcoming our temerity, let each man choose. Will he remain a witting servant of the lies? Needless to say, not due to natural predisposition, but in order to provide a living for his family, but then also to rear the children in that same spirit of lies. Vinny, boom! When your children see you believing lies, repeating lies, telling lies. Amen. For as the time come for him to stand straight as an honest man, worthy of the respect of his children and contemporaries. And from that day forward, he, are you ready? Will not write, sign, nor publish in any way a single line distorting so far as he can see the truth. Number two, will not utter such a line in private or in public conversation, nor read it from a crib sheet, nor speak it in the role of an educator, a canvasser, a teacher, or an actor. There is no right for a woman to choose. I will not repeat that ever again. Will not in painting, sculpture, photograph, technology, or music depict, support, or broadcast a single false thought, a single discourse distortion of the truth as he discerns it. I will not cite in writing or in speech a single guiding quote for gratification, insurance for success at work, unless he fully shares the cited thought and beliefs that it fits the context precisely. Stop lying and agreeing with lies. Some of you won't do it because you might lose your job. I will not be forced to demonstrate I will not be forced to a demonstration or a rally if it runs counter to his desire and his will. I will not take up and raise a banner or slogan in which I do not fully believe. I will not raise my hand and vote for a proposal which does not sincerely support. I will not vote openly or in secret ballot for a candidate whom I deemed dubious or unworthy. I will not be impelled to a meeting where a force and distorted discussion is expected to take place. I'm not going to go there and agree with everybody to go along just to get along. I ain't doing it no more. Amen. I will not be impelled. I'm sorry, I just read that one. I will at once walk out from a session, a meeting, a lecture, a play, or a film as soon as I hear the speaker utter a lie, ideological drivel, or shameless propaganda. I'll stand up and walk out. And I will not subscribe to nor buy in retail a newspaper or journal that distorts or hides the underlying facts. Yes, at first, it will not be fair. Someone will have to temporarily lose his job. For the young who seek not to live by lies, this will, at first, severely complicate life. For their tests and quizzes are stuffed with lies. Wow, aren't they ever? The stuff they've made you repeat in school. But choices will have to be made. There's no loophole left for anyone who seeks to be honest. Not even for a day, not even in the safest technical occupations can he avoid even a single one of the list of choices to be made in favor of either truth or lies, in favor of spiritual independence or spiritual servility. As for him who lacks courage to defend even his own soul, Let him not brag of his progressive views, boast of his status as an academician or a recognized artist, a distinguished citizen or a general. Let him say to himself plainly, I am cattle. I am a coward. 
I seek only warmth and to eat my fill. It will not be an easy path, Clay. Perhaps. But it's the easiest among those that are before us. Not an easy choice for the body. But the only choice for your soul. But if we shrink away, then let us cease complaining that someone does not let us draw breath. We do it to ourselves. Let us then cower and hunker down. Our comrades, the biologists, bring closer the day when our thoughts can be read and our genes altered. February 12th, 1974. Boom. Your show, Coach. Keep on going. Thanks, Joe. Can people trust what you say? Can people trust what you say? Do you do what you say you're going to do? We're creating the image of God. We're born again, filled with the Spirit of God. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells inside us. He is truth. He guides us into all truth. Why do we lie? Approval of men? Comfort? Want to be loved? Want to be liked? Want to be popular? Why do we lie? God puts his name... I'm sorry, puts his word above his name. If God's lied to you once, how do you trust him? What he says is him. Is that you? How often do you find yourself telling white lies, little white lies? Not want to defend. I'm talking to myself. Talking to myself. They only get away with it because we let them. Hmm. They want Bill Dunphy to go in court and lie. They're going to bring in witnesses who are going to lie. Why? Because there's no penalty for lying. No penalty for lying. How about all those guys, all those uh, national security officials who told us that the laptop was Russian disinformation? Hmm? What about all the doctors, Paul? What about all the medical experts that told us they don't know when life begins? Hey, Paul, they know when life begins, don't they? They're lying to us. Folks, they're lying to us. Our pastors are lying to us. They're telling us not to judge people. They're telling us God loves everybody. They're telling you you're not supposed to judge. They tell you just love them anyway. Those are lies, folks. Those are lies. We got to love the truth. We have to love the truth. Get away from our own self-preservation. Somebody asked me the other day, Coach, how come you're not in jail? So there but for the grace of God go I. I don't know. I don't know. How come they're after Bill Dunphy? I don't know. But I can tell you this. Everything they're charging him with is a lie. It's a lie. They want him to plead to a lie. We're in a mess, aren't we? We're in a mess. And if folks like you and me don't stand up for truth, who's going to do it? I like to pat myself on the back and tell everybody how brave I am. I'm a coward. 
but I'm braver than most. Most of you are cowards. Just telling you the truth because I love you. And we're least like we're least like Christ when cowardly. Come on in, Angie. That was a boom. There's a boom. Talking to me. Talking to me. What are you talking about, Willis? Talking to me. The times I remained silent when I should have spoke. Protecting my own skin. They might take my house. They might take my car. They might throw me in jail. I think I'll lie. I think I'll compromise. I think I'll roll over. I think I'll agree with them that a baby is not a real baby. I think I'll do that. I think I'll agree with them that a woman has a right to choose. I think I'll agree with them. I think I'll agree with them that there's a separation between the churches. I think I'll agree with them. That's how we got here. That's exactly right, Coach. If I open my mouth, they're going to smack me. They're going to smack me down. I would smack me down. I'm living my best life now. I'm just telling you the truth. Angie, did you want to come in? Yeah. Can you hear me, Coach? Yes. Yes. Oh, awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, yeah, I, I don't even know how to follow that. That, that was just awesome. I, I just I want to kind of uh, reinforce what we're talking about here. Of course, you know I'm a nurse. One of my specialties was neonatal intensive care nursing. I did that job for 25 years, including high-risk deliveries. So I'm very well familiar with premature infants. I've held babies as little as 17 weeks in my hands from um, – from early, uh, yeah, from early fetuses. delivery. Fetuses, not babies, fetuses. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're a fetus up until a certain point, and then they're neonates when they're born, right? So yeah. uh, I, I always struggle with it. But I want to tell you one thing that the Lord really impressed upon me, because I love science. I teach biology to high school homeschoolers. I've done it for years, teach, taught it to my own kids. So I love science, and I love biology. But one of the things the Lord really impressed upon me is in our arrogance, we're trying to figure out when life begins or when life began. And, and conception is not a beginning of life. It is a continuation of Amen. life. It <laughs> is right. not up to us to figure out when life began. We have to understand that the conception, the acts that, that bring about conception are the, the continuation of line. It's the continuation of our posterity, right? And yes. what the greater conversation is, Coach, that needs to happen is we have got to stop the narrative that sex outside of marriage is a recreational vehicle. Amen. We have got <laughs> to start treating it like the procreational sacred act that it is. Now, if you're married, have fun. If you're not married, stop. You're not allowed to be doing this stuff. And if we would stop, if we would start taking that narrative and teaching it to our kids, and sh- and literally, I shame people when I hear them like they're out there having sex. I'm like, listen to me. That is a sacred act that is meant for creating children. Amen. Okay, stop doing this outside of marriage. Stop. Just stop it. And and so this this whole thing, if we would if we would just capture that in the culture, I think the abortion rates would just Amen. If we could get it into the hearts and minds of children, that sex is a vehicle in which we use to create our children and our posterity, then this abortion conversation goes away. And so, so the I abortion, think it's, yeah, I think it's important that we do that. Oh, with, with, with the, with the, the um, birth control pill, sex yeah. without consequences led to Correct. licentiousness. We have, got, we have got to capture the culture by taking back the narrative on the purpose, function, and role of sexuality. And we have got to start doing it with our own children, with our grandchildren, and, and start them young, Coach, because I'm telling you, this is how, these are how babies are made, and, and that's it. And when you get married, you can have fun with this stuff, you know, do whatever. But this is what we use for, to, to create children. It is Amen. like that throughout all of nature, okay? Yep. So, yep. yeah, that, until we capture the culture on that narrative, Coach, uh, yep. We're going to be dealing with this abortion issue, which is, you know, it is what yeah. it is. All right, good job, Angie. Good job. 
We don't care. We don't, we don't care about abortion. We don't care. We don't care. Church doesn't care. Brian. Hey, Coach, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Hey, I'm sitting on the side of the interstate right here. I'm, I'm about to go into court this morning. Uh, I've been up since 5 driving down here. And uh, I came down her early because I'm going to stake this courthouse property Good before boy, I go in there. And so I'm going to be going to trial. Uh, it's going to be a jury trial selection this morning here in just a little bit. And then next week I'll be in for five days. Uh, but I want to say this, uh, coach, you said earlier, I don't know why I'm not in jail. I don't know about this. I'm, I'm just questioning this. And, and, uh, coach, let, let me just tell you something. I heard a story the other day and, uh, and, uh, I think I might've told you this, but there was a prisoner in a jumpsuit when they interviewed him in an orange jumpsuit. And he said, the only difference between me and you guys is, is my sin found me out and I've got on the proper garment now. <laughs> and he said, but the difference between me and you is, is your sin hadn't found you out and you hadn't changed your garment yet. But here's the thing, coach, the, the reason why you are still not in the slammers right now is because God has chosen men like yourself to coach the other guys who need to go, who are fighting this battle. And without you, coach, and without these other elders and these men of God leading us and teaching us, we wouldn't know how to fight these battles. But as young men like myself, uh, and some of these other brothers that you came down there and imparted this truth into, uh, we're taking what you told us to the streets, and sometimes this is the consequence. Uh, we, we may be facing jail time, but God has raised up coaches to teach the players. Amen. <laughs> Amen, baby. Amen. Huh? Huh? You got to run into it, man. You got to run into the flames to rescue people. You can't, we can't avoid them. can't run around them all the time. Bless you, Brian. God bless you, man. God bless you. Gino. Yes, I just want to take a little step deeper here and want Christian people to stop and think. When you go out and fill your income tax out and you pay that government to tax, aren't you supporting abortion? Amen, you are. Amen. Transgenderism, homosexuality, everything, everything, right? Yeah. Oh, but you might, you might go to jail. Oh, okay. Well, you'll go to jail. <laughs> you'll go to jail and you will have lost your integrity. I'll never forget what John Brockoff told me. I don't know if John's in here or not. He listens every once in a while. But he stood before the judge and uh, John, they wanted John to make a plea bargain. I'm probably telling the story sort of right. And John wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't confess to it. Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't apologize for for bombing the abortion clinic. So wouldn't say he was sorry. And uh, he wouldn't do it. And so uh, the judge was kind of mad at him, said, okay, well, then he sentenced him. And John said, he asked the, asked the judge after he sentenced him, your honor, uh, how much long, how many more months or years did this increase my sentence? And the judge said, I'm just paraphrasing. I'm not sure. Two years. He said, if you'd have confessed, said you were sorry, it would have saved you two years. And John Brockoff said, you mean that's all it cost me to protect my integrity? Chew on that one. It's all it cost me to protect my integrity. Brown cow, come on in. Hi, good morning. Can you hear me, coach? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Good morning to all. I just wanted to... Uh, comment uh, uh, on the abortion and that the dumb questions that they ask. Oh, um, when did conception begin? When did life begin? Uh, we don't know. It, it's so moronic. It's so it's moronic. evil. It's and, 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 the, and the only reason that, it, coach, they know, but see, the thing is, they reject God. Amen. They don't want God. So we don't care what they say, what, what he wrote in Genesis. We don't care about that. We have our own rules. We can make our own God. We can live. For, the devil got him so blind. We're going to live forever and ever. And God should bow to us. The same thing that, that the, the fight that went on in the heavens. They just yep. do not want God. And, and, and gullible human beings um, without any discernment, without seeking to know God, without seeking to uh, uh, godly things, they fall prey, their minds, mind so unregenerate, they fall prey to that, 
those stupid questions. Well, I guess I really don't know. Well, maybe we should look someplace else. When we have the evidence, because God put it in his word. The bottom line is people don't want God and have been blinded by the God of this world, and so they carry on. But I say to this to them, I don't know who can fight God and come out a winner. <laughs> Nobody I know of, Brown Cow. And one of, the, one of the great lies they tell us is, right, you can't legislate morality as they legislate immorality, right? Huh? They'd say, don't push, your, don't push your values on me as they cram their values down our throat. <laughs> I, I, it's just amazing to me. Amazing to me. Amazing. Mary Beth. Yeah, I'm going to try to talk fast and not tell my life story. So um, I just am asking the Lord right now to stop the lies, the lies of believing in uh, um, abortion in the cases of murder, in the cases of rape and incest. Because there was a story years ago that a 12-year-old girl was raped by her brother and very quietly went and had an abortion. Well, nothing about that was quiet. And there was a lot of tragedy there. You know, not only the loss of a life, but, you know, just so much. Anyway, we had a petition going here years ago, and I went to some ladies from my Lutheran church, and I asked them to sign the petition against abortion, and I never forgot because they wouldn't sign the abortion, the petition against abortion. And and at that time, I was not convicted yet about rape and incest, and God has since just convicted me. But it, incest. I mean, come, come on. What? See, look, friends, if we make it about the baby, the baby always lives. Right. If we make it about the mother, then there's choices. Right. We don't but believe the coach, Christian, Christian church does not believe that those little children created in the image of God, even if it was by a rapist. We don't. We, but I was just going to say that another, you know, it's hard for Isaac and all those guys, you know, and people have killed themselves and unjustly, you know, um, but they're there because God has them there. I mean, he's going to free them. He's going to bust them out, but he's got them there because they're going to, somebody's going to be saved in those situations. We don't know where, when, how, you know, and it, coach, if you end up in prison, um, somebody's going to pick up the, the, um, whatever that light they have in the Olympics, somebody's going to pick up that, you know, and, and you're going to be coaching in prison. So, I mean, you know, praise the Lord that we have all been brought together, but I just want to ask everybody to pray for Linda and I, she's going to court today. And, and I know there's a lot of demonic presence there. And um, so just coach, if you could pray, because like, you know, there's a lot of stuff there, and her son needs to go to prison. And so, if you could just pray, I'd really appreciate it. Lord, we just pray that your will be done, that justice be served, Lord. Pray for comfort, peace, knowing that He holds the whole world in His hands, Father. We speak against those wicked courts, those wicked witnesses, and those wicked laws. In Jesus' name, amen. amen, amen. Laura Ann, come on in. Come on in, Laura Ann. I'm sorry. I was having problems with the, um, my phone. All right. Um, on a couple, just, uh, just two things. I'm, I'm a woman who's had an abortion. And this, it's, it is, it, I, and I know what I've done. And I know how much it's, it's, it's just, it's affected my life mm-hmm. and my daughter's life. And I've shared before, um, that I even asked my daughter how I got saved was asking my, my child's grandmother to, for, to forgive me for killing her grandchild. And I met the sacrificial love of Jesus Christ in that moment. And that's the moment that I met Jesus. But I also, when I asked my daughter to do the same thing, because it was her, um, it was her sibling that um, was executed. And the thing is, is that what the church has done to women, to women and men, because they they keep forgetting that there's another person involved in this, and that's the dads. The dads, every male that's in prison, ninety nine point nine percent of them are are post. They 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 have a child who's been aborted. Hmm. 
you know, and there's it's so for every child that's that's been murdered legally. Right. There's it's not just it's not just there's three people. It's the it's the it's the baby. It's the mother and it's the father. And and the church has to be better at being a being a place of healing and being the name of healer and Jehovah and be Jehovah Rapha instead of um, using their wounds against them and they're in and not bringing out the truth. You know, my womb, my womb did become a tomb when my child was killed inside of my womb. And now they're killing children 28 days later after um, the mother is given birth. So it's legal. They legalized infant child murder. And, you know, and so and for all the people that, you know, and about you going to prison, I, I right now in the name of Jesus, everybody that that wherever those words have been said, that's not going to happen in the name of Jesus. I declare and decree against that name of Jesus. We're speaking life. We're speaking truth. We're not speaking into the fear. Amen. Amen. The fear will creep in to you and to Michelle in the middle of the night. And when no one's looking, even when you're not looking, Michelle will be crying because she's terrified. Mm. Not going to happen. It breaks my heart. It breaks my heart that, that, that there's so, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Amen. Amen. That you you are the, in Proverbs thirty one verse eight. You are a voice for those who have been appointed to die. So whether it's abortion, whether these the J sixers, whether it's Pastor Bill, whether it is um, you know these the Tennessee ten, and you know, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord God, I ask that you protect and trans continue to transform. Um, coach's mind and and protect Michelle because coach can't do this without his assistant coach and that's and that's Michelle. So Lord God, wipe their tears when no one's looking. And to, and as they study your playbook over and over again, which is your word, I ask you, Lord, to continue to give them the plays that they need to coach this this huddle, this team, Lord God, and in unity we come together. To proclaim the name of Jesus Christ, the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Abba, our Father, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I thank you for what you're doing and how you're doing it. And I thank you that you have made Coach's voice a shofar for you. That he raises his voice, like your word says, for those who are appointed to die. That he's covered in your armor and you have angels protecting him. In the beautiful, sweet, sweet, mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 Thank you, Laura. And quickly, Psalm 33, pull it up there for me, uh, John. Psalm 33. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise the Lord with harp. Sing unto him with psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a new song. Pray skillfully with a loud voice. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. He loveth righteousness and judgment, and the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathered the waters of the sea together as a heap. He layeth up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in all of him. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded and stood fast. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. The thoughts of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. The Lord looketh from heaven. He beholdeth all the sons of men from the place of his habitation. He looketh upon the inhabitants of the earth. He fashioneth their hearts alike. He considereth all their works. There is no king saved by the multitude of an host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. A horse is a vain thing for safety. Neither shall he deliver by any his great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. 
our soul waiteth for the Lord. He's our help and our shield, for our heart shall rejoice in him, because he hath trusted in his holy name. Let thy mercy, our Lord, be upon us and upon Pastor Bill and upon all those J6ers and upon those 11, those 10 down in Tennessee, according as we hope in thee, Lord, be with them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. See you tomorrow. Hallelujah. Amen.